0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat And go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountains by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat started walking on the water and came toward Jesus but he, when he noticed the strong wind he became frightened and beginning and beginning to sink he cried out lord save me jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him saying to him you of little faith why did you doubt when they got into the boat and the wind ceased then and those in the boat worshiped him saying Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Take my words and speak through them. Take our ears and hear through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. We're continuing with our Gospel today from Matthew Last week Jesus fed the multitude, and now it's time for all the crowd to go home. The crowd began to grow into a frenzy, wanting to make Jesus a king. So, to diffuse the situation, Jesus sends his disciples out in a boat, and he retreats to the mountain to pray. The gospel writers, who saw Jesus as a divine man, found it natural to suppose that he could do things that a normal man could not do. And then as the disciples are being tossed about in a boat, Jesus takes a direct route, straight line across the sea, to save his followers. In the rough seas, with the wind and the seawater in their faces, they see a ghost-like figure coming toward them on the water. But until Jesus verbally identifies himself to the disciples, they think he is a phantom and are terrified. Because Christian aspiration is to be like Jesus, Paul asks to do what Jesus is doing and steps out of the boat to go towards Jesus. Peter is trusting in the Lord for a moment, but as the natural forces scare him, Peter's faith is lost and he begins to sink. Now, I don't know if you have ever tried to walk on water, but when I was a teenager, I was a professional water skier. And one thing that I could do was barefoot ski. Now, I had to be going 50 miles an hour or more to stay on top of the water. But when the boat started to slow, I immediately sank underwater, so I can share the experience that Peter felt as he began to sink, though I had a life jacket on, but Jesus is Peter's life jacket. To some, the seawalking miracle may be seen as one of the least credible of all the natural miracles Jesus is said to have performed. There's no great cause accomplished by it. It's not a life or death situation, but it is a sign of compassion that Jesus had both to those who were his disciples and good men. This event must have made a deep impression upon the writers of the gospel, otherwise it would have been left out. And there may be three explanations for this life principle for ministry. First, we learn faith by doing faith. Soren Kierkegaard, a 19th century Danish philosopher, theologian, poet, and religious author, nicknamed Jesus the Inviter because wherever he was, And behind whatever he was doing, he was always inviting people to faith. So when Peter asked to come to Jesus on the water, Jesus, the inviter, says, Come. In calling Peter out of the boat, Jesus was calling Peter from frustration to faith. Thus, Peter was moving from reliance on his own failing wits and will to surrender to the kingdom of God that alone could save him. Second, you can't grow in faith, take risks, change and develop, and count on looking good all the time. In stepping out of the boat, Peter reminds us that to be an agent of the kingdom's power, we must be willing to be a failure. In a way, we are lost the very instant we know what the outcome of our efforts will be. Riskless Christianity, safe, stale, and stagnant Christianity stays in the boat. That decision might be prudent... It might be sensible and responsible and right, but it leaves us unchanged. Gospel living means that we must look to Jesus as ultimately definitive for faith. And if Jesus were interested in looking good and successful, rather than being obedient to the Father, He never would have ended up on the cross. Third, as boat-loving people in faith, we need to know of the unfailing support of God and God's family. We come to deep faith and grow in deep faith by sacrificing the unlived life of the boat for the high seas of gospel adventure. But we never do it perfectly or we fall short we of little faith. We notice the strong wind rather than Jesus, and we begin to lose our footing, focusing on the problem, not the solution. We sink, but not to the bottom. In the Talmud, it is said, every blade of grass has its angel that bends over it and whispers, grow, grow we should take heart in this wisdom for it affirms that we are watched over and a cared for people more than we can ever know or imagine in our moment of need the hand of jesus clasps us and in that moment we know that the negative forces within us and in the world can never triumph It is the triumphant love of Christ from which we can never be separated and which will never let us go. I want to close with a few sentences from John Lewis's final letter that he wrote that says in part, though I may not be here with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe in life. I have, in my life, I have done all that I can to demonstrate that way of peace, the way of love and nonviolence, is, more, is the more excellent way. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, let them say that it was our, your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate at last and peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So, so, so I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.